hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to my brand new podcast, Wild, Messy, Infinite Love. Oh, it is actually happening. Oh, my goodness. I am nervous beyond all get out. My fingers are twitching. I've got my cup of coffee. That's probably a bad thing. It's going to give me the jitters, but are you guys ready? I hope you are because here we go. So um, really what I want to talk about in this first episode is sort of the goal of the podcast, so to speak. Um, And then I also want to talk to you about me, who I am, who I, Eric Snader, the Wesley theological seminary student who lives in Washington, D.C., who I really am. So that's sort of the goal of this podcast, just to give you a primer of me in all of my meanness, but then also to talk about, you know, what this whole podcast thing is all about. So um, I guess we should just uh, dive right in. So first off, right off the bat, before I even talk about myself, I want to let you know right up front that the goal of this podcast is to name and give voice to the infinite source that courses through the self and others and the entire cosmos. And that is a really like ethereal, up in the air, heady type of goal description. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. Um, But first, I want to give you a little background information about myself. Um, So let me start by saying that I am currently a seminary student in the fine city of Washington, D.C., but I am actually originally from a tiny rural town in south central Pennsylvania. Uh, The town is called Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania, and really the best thing it's known for is it's outrageous amounts of chicken plants. Like I'm not even kidding, like three or four major chicken plants were in the small town that I grew up in. For crying out loud, every year we had a chicken festival. I'm not even kidding. Not even kidding a little bit. So um, to give you sort of a context for this place that I grew up, um, to just let you know just how rural it was, It was a really regular occurrence to come across a horse and buggy along the road while you were driving. Like, I'm being serious. The Amish community was in and around where I grew up. Um, As far as religion goes, I grew up Christian. um, And obviously, since I'm still at seminary, I would still classify myself as a Christian. Um, But in particular, I grew up in the Mennonite tradition. Um, and from that tradition, I really gained a real respect, a real focus on these ideas of peace and love and reconciliation. Um, not really just that, um, I guess the idea that really sticks with me is that wholeness is not impossible to obtain, um, No one is beyond reconciling. Nothing is beyond love and forgiveness. And while I personally grew up in a more conservative area and while my personal Mennonite church that I went to was sort of tinged and influenced by this conservative evangelical strand of uh, the dominant culture within central Pennsylvania, and even though there's some things about my tradition growing up that I don't necessarily resonate with 
on a personal level anymore. Um, there is still those seeds that were planted when I was young that really, really stick with me. Um, so moving on from my church life as a lad, um, I went to a college at a small Christian private school just outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, it's called Messiah College. And that's right. I went to Jesus school. I'm still going to Jesus school. Um, depending on if you're talking to Methodists, they might consider John Wesley to be the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> That's an inside Methodist joke. Um, man, I am bad at telling jokes. Anyway, so my time at Messiah, I studied uh, biblical and religious studies there with the hope of becoming a youth director because... Um, that's sort of the ministry experience that I had growing up. Um, I really only witnessed youth ministry and that was a really impactful time for me when I was in high school. But, um, even though I had this hope of becoming a youth director, mostly because I had really no other understanding of the width and the breadth of ministry, um, somewhere along the road, I sort of felt this distinct change in the direction I was going. Um, you know, I began to find true joy in writing and creating. Uh, somewhere along the line, I actually started enjoying writing those long, seemingly dull theology and philosophy papers. And I have a little secret for you. If I was being honest, I probably enjoyed those papers the entire time, but me and my 20-year-old self was not willing to admit that. Um, so, and that sort of discovery of writing and creating and this discovery of actually enjoying theological discourse um, and philosophical discourse, that's part of why I'm at seminary now, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm hoping to continue to hone and discover my voice so that I can share it with you all. Um so take heart in knowing that I do not by any means claim to be the ultimate knowledge of any of the subjects that we're going to tackle on this podcast. Um, I may have some knowledge um, given my last, you know, five, six, seven years dedicated to the study of theology and philosophy and Christian ethics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, I'm simply on a journey with all of you. Um, I'm still discovering the divine in all of its varied and diverse places and spaces. Um, so continuing on with my life story, shortly after graduating from college, I started dating a girl. And a year and a half later, we were hitched. And now we're members of the United Methodist Church. Uh, my wife grew up United Methodist. I obviously did not. But since we got married, I've since switched my membership to the UMC church. Um, one of the reasons is there's not many Mennonite churches outside of Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and some other places around the nation. But in Northern Virginia, there's not much to come by in terms of Mennonite churches. Um, and this United Methodist tradition that I'm part of is really steeped in discovering God through like this fourfold lens, this fourfold conversation. So um, it's typically called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is a really big word that essentially means we're encountering God through scripture, through our experience, 
through our human reasoning and through um, tradition. And therefore, all four of these aspects, these conversation partners, they um, contribute to how we discover and interact with the divine. Um, not only th- uh, not only is this tradition one that seems to value diverse thought when it comes to religion, which, you know, coming from a rural, conservative, predominantly evangelical area in central Pennsylvania, uh, that was a huge refreshment to me. Um, and while I get that both the United Methodist and Mennonite traditions have their flaws, so do all denominations or traditions of Christianity, um, I think the primary reason that I still consider myself a Christian today is because it helps me to form the vocabulary and the language that I need to begin to encounter and under, understand the divine source that I see within myself and within others and within the world. And that, I think, um, is a good launching off point to really begin talking about just what this podcast is all about. Um, and I want to stop right here with a disclaimer. So I think that um, with all of the coming God talk, quote unquote God talk, or this Christian language that I'm about to give to you, um, I want to reach out to those who do not resonate with the Christian terminology. Um, you know, when I talk of God, I'm not talking about some white dude with a big bushy beard up in the clouds, sending down either lightning bolts or blessings upon the people, depending on whether they're praying well enough or attending church on a regular basis. This is not prosperity gospel. This is not Joel Osteen church. If that's why you're here, you can go find another podcast to listen to. I apologize. I'm not going to give that to you. Um, Truth be told, I'm really not all that sorry. Um, So when I talk about God, I'm talking about essentially like source and spirit. Um, The term God for me, at least, is a term that helps me to begin to wrestle with what lies deepest in the human experience. The relationships that we have with ourselves and others, um, the ability to seek ever more inclusion, to support and advocate for the weak, widow, orphan, and marginalized of our communities, and to ultimately seek peaceful relationships that not only value cooperation, but also diversity in all of its many forms. This stems from this source or spirit. Um, Rob Bell, one of my spiritual gurus, one of the people who has impacted my life so, 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 so much. And actually one of the um, reasons why I decided to start a podcast in the first place um, talks about this um, form of source or this sense um, that, you know, he sort of talks about it in the sense that everything is spiritual. Um, So he did a talk a couple years ago called Everything is Spiritual. um, And Believe me, this is available to be watched for free on YouTube. You just have to Google Everything is Spiritual 2, and you'll find this two-hour video. If you ever have a free two hours in a day, seriously, go and watch this. It'll change your life. Um, So in this 
talk, Rob speaks of the fact that the very foundation blocks of the universe down to the smallest atomic level is energy in relationship with each other. So at the very smallest atomic level, this isn't even getting down into like even lower and smaller than the atomic level. We have um, a neutron, a proton, an electron. Um, and these three things, beings, entities are in boundless relationship with one another. Um, and from, the, from their relationship with one another, they form an atom. Um, and when atoms come into relationships with other atoms, they form molecules. And molecules come into relationship together to form cells and so on and so forth. So at our very core, there is this inherent interconnected relationship. Um, and that interconnected relationship is what I talk about when I talk about God. Uh, and because of that, this topic, I, I believe, is something that expands far beyond religious boundaries. Um, this topic of interconnectedness is not only owned by Christians, but also by Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, spirituals, and pretty much every human being alive. Um, whether you believe that God is Jesus or Allah or that God is dead, um, there is seemingly some inexplicable spirit or source that runs through everything and everyone and connects everything and everyone. So I will be attempting my absolute best to describe this source. Um, and I'm going to be trying my darndest to not be limited to just Christian language or the Christian sphere of influ influence. But I do ask that you treat what I have to say with a modicum of grace um, because I have been steeped and basically brought up in this Christian tradition. So this is a lot of the vocabulary that I have. Um, so even if what I'm saying seems to be a lot of church speak, know that that's not the intention to just be towards Christians. It is something that I hope is applicable and acceptable for all. And if for whatever reason, there is a podcast that I create that you are just not connecting with and you want to let me know, please do leave a comment, um, send me an email, do something to reach out to me because if this is something that's not helpful for you, then it's not something that I want to be doing. Um, and I want to make sure and be intentional that everything that I'm saying and doing is helpful for you and helpful for ways that you can connect no matter what part of life you're in, no matter what your background. Um, so please, please, please reach out to me. Um, so I want to take a minute then, um, now that we've sort of gone through the disclaimer and gone through sort of my personal backstory, um, I want to talk about what this source is then because that, I mean, even the term source is kind of ethereal and heady and kind of wide and s sort of hard to connect with, hard to grasp. Um, and really it's hard to place our finger on exactly what this source is. Um, because as I mentioned before, this world is diverse and complex and this diversity and complexity of experiences and people results in a complex and diverse way of describing this source, of describing God. Um, 
So one of the best terms that I've found personally, and this is very much rooted in my cultural and um, Christian experience, um, but the English language um, has a word called love, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, But this word for love and um, I guess the resulting relationship that stems from this word I think is the best way that I have to describe this source. Now, whether you agree with the Bible or not, um, there is a beautiful passage um, written within its content, contents that, in my opinion, um, is one of the most beautiful written poems in human history. Um, it's found within an ancient letter written by the Apostle Paul to a fledgling Christian community in Corinth. A community, I might add, that had some serious issues with being in relationship with one another. Um, So in chapter 13 of this letter, Paul writes a beautiful, beautiful poem that speaks specifically to what this loving source actually looks like in this community's day-to-day life. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. And I might add here in my own words that um, to sort of put this um, wrongdoing and truth in context, um, love doesn't rejoice in the marginalization or oppression of others. Um, but rejoices when they are given a seat at the table and a voice to be heard. Love does not rejoice when injustice reigns, but rejoices when the destructive cycles of our societies are broken. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So what I pull from that is three specific natures of love that I think are helpful for us and which informs the um, title for this podcast. So love is wild, love is messy, and love is infinite. So let's break that down. And once again, let me give you a disclaimer that this is just barely skimming the surface of this source of love. Um, You know, this is very like surface level stuff. And really the goal of this podcast will be to delve more fully into what these natures really mean within the coming weeks, months, and who knows, maybe even years. We'll see. We'll see. So number one, the wildness of love. So what I talk about when I say the wild nature of love is the adventure of it all, the thrill, the thing that just keeps pulling us into it. It's the excitement and anticipation for our sports team's next game when our favorite sports team is a perennial loser and somehow manages to upset the best team in the league the week before. I'm looking at you, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, It is the thrill of venturing into the unknown that is a relationship with another human being. It's the warmth and connection that we feel at our deepest cores when someone relates to us or stands in solidarity with our experiences. 
Love is wild because it recklessly and without abandon breaks through all the stereotypes, boundaries, and walls that we manage to create. It's wild in its outrageous acceptance for all and its insistence that all deserve to have love within their own lives. It is wild that people give their time and energy to serve the needs of others. That is a wild phenomenon within our world. Take, for instance, a local food pantry that runs out of my church. Every single Tuesday evening, families from all over our community are fed because committed individuals give their entire Tuesdays. Yes, their entire Tuesdays. They give up their Tuesday morning and their Tuesday afternoon and their Tuesday night to make sure that the food pantry actually happens. Major grocery store chains from our community partner with us and give the food pantry food. Local scout troops and schools also give food and they also send volunteers to help. That is wild, y'all. It's just so wild. Our world is in a world that is so, so very tribal in nature. Um, in a world that tells us to look out for number one, at least within Western society and within individualistic Western culture. Um, our world tells us to look out for number one, to look out for our group, our family, our whatever, and exclude those who are different than us. This has been the way of civilizations for time immemorial, and yet within all things lies the source of love which continues to break down these tribal systems, these dualistic barriers, and continues to draw us into connection with everything and everyone around us. It continues to draw us to volunteering and giving food to a food pantry so that others who are not necessarily part of our in-group can be fed. That is freaking wild, folks. Second, love is messy. That's right, I said it. Love is messy. Love does not shy away from the mud and the blood and the sweat and the tears of life. Whenever we are in connection with something or someone, there is always the risk of hardship, anger, fear, and most importantly, loss. And I think a fear of loss is really the opposite of this messy love. Um, This fear of loss urges us to either discard the relationship, job, community, etc., to therefore dull ourselves off from the inevitable, or... We cling to it in such an extreme that it prevents the person, community, job, etc. from flourishing. It creates either an obsessive need for control or a decrepit apathy. Messy love, on the other hand, has the ability to hold this fear within its palm and hold within that same palm the thrill of the wildness of love as well. Um... You know, how many of you have ever had one of those experiences where it's almost felt like you have two different opinions within your own mind that are somehow housed at the same point? Break out in a smile. That is this messiness of love. It holds it all together in the same palm. Love is not afraid to go to the deepest fear, anxiety, or emotion of our life. Um, to quote the great Alexander Shia from a recent, no, recent um, from a podcast he did with Rob Bell about a year ago, um, 
the deepest dark is not where grace goes to die. And I would pause here to insert love instead of grace. Um, So the deepest dark is not where love goes to die, but where it goes to be reborn. This messiness of life leads to rebirth. Something must die in order for new birth to be had. Look at the seasons. The trees flower and bloom only to decay and die in the fall. And in some cases over the winter, literally be buried under feet of snow. Only to be reborn in the spring, full of new growth, stronger than the year before. This fear of loss says to just discard or stranglehold everything. The messy love calls us to delve into the depths of ourselves, of others, and of the cosmos and find within those inner recesses a place where a seed can be planted and where love can bloom with new vitality and strength. Another metaphor that I can think of would be the messiness of birth. While labor is not something that I have personally witnessed as of yet, um, From what I hear, it is full of pain, blood, sweat, tears, and yes, even fecal matter. I'm not kidding when I say it is literally kind of a shit sandwich. And yet in that moment of greatest pain and anguish, there is new birth that comes from that as well. The wildness of a newborn babe is unleashed upon the room and upon the world. A fear of loss would try to either cut oneself off from the pain or strangle the pain so as to get rid of it. But love calls us to go through it and reach into the infinite on the other side, which brings us to our third nature of love. Love is infinite. Yes, love is wild. It thrills us. It pulls us. It exhilarates us. And love is messy. It pulls us into the deepest, darkest recesses of our lives and experiences to bring us through them, to bring us and those around us to new birth. And this cycle of exhilarating life to the messiness of death, back to the exhilaration of life again, is an endless, infinite cycle. We are endlessly discovering new sources of the vital and exhilarating wild love. We are constantly growing and shedding that which needs to be put to rest. Um, Take, for example, a high school student who has just graduated from high school. Um, They may have graduated from high school and shed the literal title of high school student, but does one ever really stop learning? Does anyone ever really stop being a student? Um, Not only this, but this infinite love does not just stop at ourselves. This love stretches within and beyond the self. It reaches within and beyond others. And it even reaches within and beyond the fabric of the cosmos itself. This divine source, this wild, messy, infinite love is found within and throughout all things. Whether it be you as an individual, the people that you come into contact with, or within the nature around us. We find the source of love both within the first breath that we take each morning and within the viewing of the dark night sky bright with constellations and shooting stars. We find it in the experiences of our own life as well as the experiences of others. As we saw with the food pantry or as we will hopefully see in the podcasts to come. We are on a path, so to speak continually finding this wild, messy, infinite love in all of its varied and diverse forms, continually living into the wild life or messiness of death 
now, only to be continually caught up in the infinite process of becoming. And this process of becoming is the intimately known reality for all humans. And this is the journey that we're all on. This journey of becoming is a journey to the heart of what it means to live into the wild, messy, infinite love, which is our very foundations upon which we are built. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing people, speaking of more experiences, reflecting upon our shared common life together in the form of current events and politics and Christianity, um, mostly because that happens to be my particular field of expertise. Um, The purpose of this podcast is to help give voice to this source, yet it also has another drive. The drive to give you, the listener, the fodder to continue these conversations in your homes, schools, and communities. Together, when we begin these conversations and when we begin to become awakened to the source that connects us all, it drives us to actually make the change in our world that we want to see. But the journey begins with waking up. So let us forge ahead into the unknown, yet intimately known realm of wild, messy, infinite love. Peace and love, y'all.